She is a speaker, author, and world-renowned wellness expert. She translates complicated science into understandable stories and travels the world educating audiences about natural wellness. She is a board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist and licensed to practice in three states. She is a certified 250 hours vinyasa, yin, and aroma yoga instructor, an aroma freedom practitioner, and the creator of the Clean Slate Cleanse. She has spoken to audiences on five continents and more than 30 countries. Her educational materials have been translated into more than 25 languages. Firecrackers, please welcome Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. So, Lindsay, where are you located? I live in New York City. Oh my God, I love New York. Whereabouts yeah. do you live in New York? I'm in Harlem. I love it. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite places. I hear you. I always had a dream to live in New York City and eventually just made it happen one of these days. So yeah, I, I love living in New York. It's definitely a love-hate relationship. So, but I, I, you know, since we're here to talk about kids and the decision to or not to have them, I definitely see that the struggle to parent in New York is very, very real. And so it is a blessing to be here on my own terms and fulfilling a dream of mine and not having, um, not having children is to me a blessing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'm gonna, you just touched on something really important. I was actually going to mention this, you know, said New York and, you know, when, when people mention New York, I think, you know, people in New York usually get married or settled down later in life. People are more like career focused and, you know, they're doing their thing. They're very independent. But the one thing I've noticed in many of like the sitcoms that, you know, take in New York, take place in New York, uh, quote unquote, because I know most of them are actually recorded in Los Angeles. Um, (laughs) The the, the couples are always like, you're going to have a kid in New York? Are you going to raise it in the city? Like, are you crazy? And I'm wondering, like, Is that really a thing? Well, I think it is definitely a choice about whether or not to bring a kid into a city as big and as bold and as bustling as New York. So uh, my partner, he was born in Brooklyn and he saw a lot of things that you may or may not want your child to see. And even I, as an adult see things in in walking around New York that I just go, oof, I don't know. I don't know that that would be where I would want to raise a kid. And I definitely know a lot of women who have said, you know what, I'm going to move out of the city while my kids are still in school. And then as soon as their kids graduate, they immediately come back to the city. Yeah. So do you have many friends in the city who have children? I do not. Most of my friends are childless. And I think that that's because childless women tend to attract other women without children. Um, because, I mean, we, we know from scientific evidence that children are very difficult, not only on your interpersonal spousal partner relationships, but also really challenging for friendships. You know, if you 
and your girlfriend have been used to meeting up at seven o'clock, having a couple of cocktails and heading home nine, 10, 30, or even going out dancing or whatever after that, all of a sudden a child is going to be like, okay, well, my kid, I've got, they've got to be in the bathtub at six. They've got to eat by 6.30. They're in bed by eight. And because typically parents are very sleep deprived, they adjust their schedule to sleep when, when the children do. And I'm not the youngest of women, but I also have not reached that like critical, if I don't do it now, I will, it will be a biological impossibility. So I haven't reached that stage in life. And most of my friends are college educated, doctorate educated, postdoc educated. And so it's just, it's different. And my friends that do have children, guess what? They move to the burbs. <laughs> you know, they move, they move out of the city. Did you know there was a study that was done in the States that correlates directly the education that a woman has with the amount of children? So the more, more educated women tend to have less to no children, basically. Well, I could see that definitely being, being something that, that being a true phenomenon. I mean, for one thing, there are women that aspire to be mothers, and that's an amazing aspiration. And a lot of my aunts are that way. They grew up saying, I want to get married and have children. And that is my number one goal in life. And to me, I was like, wow, that's not what I think would fulfill my life. But I'm glad that they know their own life's journey. And I think, believe it or not, I think that there are a lot of people who enjoy having the dual income with no children. There are people that enjoy, you know, not having that carbon footprint of a, of a child. That was one thing that was very interesting to me because my partner is vegan. And one of the reasons that he chooses to live completely vegan all the time is because of the environmental footprint that comes from meat consumption. And I was like, well, yeah, that's one of my reasons for not wanting to have children because we know that the number one thing you can do to reduce your carbon footprint is not have children. And that's not me saying that, that's the EPA saying that. And so I think that a lot of women, number one, spend their quote, you know, terrible best marrying years or whatever it is. When you spend those years in school, and then all of a sudden you graduate and you have a job that's paying you where you can maybe go on that vacation you've always dreamed of or you know go on that yoga retreat that you've always wanted to go on you have more options on what you choose to do with your life and then i think just the simple math of biology you are more likely to have more children if you start having them in your early 20s versus if you start having them in your late 30s. You know, if you start having kids when you're 22, it's easy to have four kids. If you start having kids when you're 35 or 38 or even 40, four kids are just likely going to be a mathematical impossibility. And that's part of it. That's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of uh, very educated or highly educated women, you yourself have a doctorate in pharmacy. 
I do, yes. And you turn that, as well as your degree in chemistry, into a wellness education company, a health yes. and wellness education company. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about that. So it's been a long journey. I got my um, degree in chemistry and was going to go to medical school. Decided I did not want to go to medical school for, I think, all the right reasons. I didn't really want to take the MCAT. I didn't really want to go through the procedure of becoming a physician. And ultimately, I decided I didn't want to practice medicine, which was uh, probably a, a big problem. And so I then decided that I would get a doctorate in chemistry and all of the women who I was close with who also had doctorates in chemistry were just like, don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not the right career for you. And I'm like, why? Explain this to me. And they were like, it's not your personality. It doesn't seem some, like something you'd be happy doing. You need to be out there teaching and working with people more directly than a doctorate in chemistry will get you. So one of them came to me and had the bright idea that I become a pharmacist. And so I became a pharmacist and then did two years of postdoctoral education. And so I'm, a, I'm an ambulatory care pharmacist, primarily practiced in hypertension, hyperlipidemia, so high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, the metabolic disorders that are plaguing our nation at the moment and, and the world, honestly. Then there came a point where I discovered essential oils and essential oils completely changed my life in an instant. I had a very strong emotional connection to essential oils and somehow I knew in that moment that I was going to go on a different life path. And I started teaching online classes. I started working with people, um, teaching them about essential oils, started to learn much more about supplements and herbs. And it eventually evolved into a company where I not only offer one-on-one -on -one appointments for people who are facing difficult challenges, I also have a video education uh, subscription platform to my website where people can come and learn about essential oils and supplements. And I also now that I've been in business um, three years, I'm also coaching business clients, women, especially women who are healthcare professionals, that they want to go a different direction than, than what they currently are. I hear that a lot. Frustration from women who have maybe gotten that doctorate and then realized that they hated it. And I am one of the people that can help them to decide and turn to a different way of doing things. And I offer that with my business coaching. That's great. So you basically help them um, pick like their new life path in a way, like their new career, basically. Well, it's not even that. I help people envision who do you want to work with? Like if you could envision the number one person that you want to work with, who would it be and why? Who is this person that you want to work with? You know, is it because I think when women think about getting into business for themselves, women are naturally such people pleasers. It's like, okay, we want to be everything for everyone. I'm here to tell you, sister, just stop trying. It's not going to happen. You are never going to be everyone for every person. Somebody is not going to like you. You're going to get a one-star review on Facebook. It's going to happen. But <laughs> I what I, <laughs> you know, and, and you can't care, you know, you cannot yeah. care. But I think that when you envision who do I actually want to work with and how do you actually add value to their life? 
who is this person? What problems do they face? And what solutions do you offer that solve their problems? You're in business. And then it's just a matter of getting a website built and, and selling the product. And nobody's claiming it happens overnight. You, nothing happens overnight. Um, you don't, you know, if somebody has a dream to get a podcast, it, you're not going to have 10,000 subscribers on your first day. You know, you've got to show up, put in the effort. Um, I just launched another company that is a gluten-free vegan um, blog as well as a cleanse. Well, if I go into that thinking that I'm going to return on my investment within the first six months, I'm just simply being naive. You have to give it time and you have to work it. But when you follow your heart's path and just say, this is exactly what I want to do. This is who I want to work with. This is how I want to serve that person. Then you end up with a company that's going to pay your salary and help you make a living on your own. I could not agree more. Absolutely. It does take a lot of work. But there's a saying, um, nobody said it would be easy, but everyone said it would be worth it. And absolutely. just have. Well, to be- and if it were easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that people show up at their miserable nine to five every single day because it takes guts and it takes courage and it takes like getting up out of bed and, you know, sitting at your desk. I mean, being an entrepreneur sounds so dang glamorous. But when I really talk to loads of female entrepreneurs, the number one thing that we have in common is that you sit by yourself in front of your computer day in and day out working, working, working. And so you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I understand where you're coming from. Um, I also like one of the things that I read about you that also caught my eye. And I really want to ask you about this because I, I, I don't know if it, this is related or not to your health and wellness education company, but you're also a speaker or you mm-hmm. teach, you, you, you do like live classes and, and you've done this in, in 30 countries. That is so cool. Thank you. So is it, is it a part of um, what you do? Like, I want to know how those experiences yeah. were. Um, so most of my travel is to train people about essential oils and supplements. Um, there's a huge demand for it globally. I also host um, luxury yoga retreats. And so I've got a yoga retreat coming up in Greece next year in Santorini. That'll be the first time that I've been to Greece, and I'm very excited about that. And then part of it is also just passion projects to travel the world. And so I, whenever I have a big training that I want to do or something that I've never done, I try to do it in a part of the world that I've never been to. So last year, I went and just moved to Thailand for a month, and that's where I did my yoga teacher training. Um, Greece, I selected as the first yoga retreat that I've done because I've never been to Greece and I really wanted to go. And I love the experience of traveling. And yes, most of it is all for work, which again, sounds so glamorous until you actually describe what you do, which is like, what did you do? Oh, I went from the airport to the hotel and I flew back home 14 hours later, you know, um, But when you do have those moments where you have the day off 
um, one of the things that I have had to learn the hard way is I am I am very introverted. I will speak. I love speaking to people. I make a living as a teacher. I make a living on stage. But when it comes to really and truly how do I want to spend my time, it's by myself. And what I realized is humans are actually built for human connections and we need to relate to one another. And so I force myself to say yes a lot when I'm traveling to if someone who I only know a little bit is like, hey, let's get together. I'll show you around. I'll show you around Singapore. I'll show you around Bangkok. I'll do whatever. I've just learned just say yes. Just say yes because they're going to take you to the best food cart. They're going to take you to the best hole in the wall restaurant. They're going to teach you. They're going to show you where the, you know, the cheapest crystals and clothing and custom made stuff like that. That's really fun when you can go and get a more insider experience for for travel because you know my I remember growing up my grandmother would say why on earth would I ever want to go to Europe and I was like why would you not want to go to Europe I mean it just didn't not make any sense to me but my my grandmother my mother very much down in those southern traditions that there's this one way life is supposed to go and so when I was growing up and they were like, who is this child? How did she become so different? And now like to tell them, you know, I have spoken in 30 countries. I have traveled to probably 40. Um, and it's just a matter of, okay, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to see life. I'm going to experience things. And I do things that my family thinks are crazy. When I moved to Africa, um, for a month when I was in, when I was on faculty at the University of Zambia, they were like, what are you doing? And even that was my first trip to Africa. And even on my way to the airport, I was just like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? How, am I really going to go? Am I really going to make it there? What's about to happen to me? But you go, you have faith, you have confidence and, you know, you stay out of dark alleyways and keep your wits about you. And this world is a great, big, wonderful place to go see. It really, really is. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. You know, I've thought about it, about like, what if I did have what if I did have a kid? You know, what if I did have a child? Like how my life would change because I mean, I know even from just having a partner that I'm like, I don't want to leave this person. And then a child is like, really, you don't want to leave that person. (laughs) And then it's like, you know, there are times that me and my girlfriends have talked about like, do you really want your life to change in a way that a child would change it? And there are some women that are like, oh my God, yes, I can't wait. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And then there are others that are like, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I'm all right. I'm not sure I want my life to change in this way, shape or form. And as one of my secondary moms who um, helped to raise me when I was already a very young adult, um, when I moved from Alabama to San Francisco, she really took care of me. And I asked her when she was in her late 40s, early 50s, I was like, you know, 
time is, if it has not already come to an end, it is very, very rapidly coming to an end. Are you sure you don't want to have kids? And she's like, you know, I may regret it when I'm 80, but right now I still don't want it. I still don't want it. And especially in the you know, the early fifties, like I think about it, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my late thirties and I'm just like, how would my body react? It's not like I started doing this when I was 20, 21, when you're in those optimum childbearing years, not to say ladies, healthy babies are born well into forties and even fifties, but in, according to science, which is also a male dominated industry, the best time to have children is in the early 20s. And so I just wonder, like, how would my body adapt? You know, how how would yoga feel? And some of that is intriguing to me. But for me, I came to the realization that I love the idea of being pregnant. I love the idea of giving birth. I'm not a big fan of the idea of raising the whole kid portion of the equation, which is kind of like the commitment that you're going for. And and I think a lot of women must feel that same way. You know, it's just, do do you really want to be the career focused mom who has the nanny who, you know, yeah, the kid's traveling with you, but you're in meetings all day. You're on stage. You're on this. Maybe it would work. But I just wonder if it would also set up uh, a big opportunity for resentment um, on the child's behalf, um, which we have seen with celebrity children. I mean, you look at the tragedy that was Whitney Houston's life and her daughter, um, Bobby Christina, and people in the documentary about their lives just said she could not get any attention out of her mother. And I just ultimately said, if that is still the space where I am, and I'm not beholden to the idea that one day I'll wake up and be like, sunshine and roses and rainbows and unicorns, let's have a baby. But I just know in my heart of hearts, if I am truly honest with myself, I, I think I would be a selfish mother and I don't want to be that mother. I want all children to have a mother that dotes on them and loves on them and gives them every bit of attention and every bit of herself that the child deserves. And I'm just not 100% convinced that I am that woman. And I think that that is more fair for me to make that decision and let my unborn children in the universe know that I made this decision on your behalf. Um, And then it, you know, that is the way life will go. And like I said, if I change my mind, I change my mind. You know, that's, that's still there on the plate. But until I'm really ready to say that I'm willing to make all of the sacrifices that I know that it will take, it is more true to my life's work to raise up legions of universal children than to have my own. You know, I think about Oprah Winfrey and, you know, she started a school in Africa and she calls those children, her children. She's the only mother they've ever had. They're just not her biological children. And I feel that way a lot with the people that I work with on their health and wellness and their coaching. I think, I think if I can help 
a generation of people my own age to wake up and see that there's a better way to live life out there. I've done my raising of children. You know, you, you tell me all this and I, I, I mean, I see a lot of what you're telling me. I feel the same way. But then the one question that comes to mind is you, you mentioned that you're from the South, you're from Alabama and tr- like, it's very traditional uh, communities and, you know, and, and you, you tell me that you think you're crazy for doing some things that you do with your job. So right. I'm just wondering, how did your family react when you were like, I'm not having any babies? So it's interesting. I have had a lot of bad relationships, a lot of failed relationships. And thankfully, along the way, my family learned that they just want me to be happy. I mean, like, what a novel idea. And I honestly think that the American South is traditional, but certainly there are more traditional cultures throughout the world. If you get into um, cultures in India, in Japan, um, in Cambodia, my goodness, I mean, women, it is still just so pre-prescribed as far as what the expectation on their life is. Um, and my father gave me the best gift that's ever been given to me um, three Christmases ago. I had just gone through a very public breakup. Um, a guy that had asked me to marry him and, oh, ladies, if, if a guy asks you to marry him and your instincts say no, just go ahead and just blurt out that word no. Just blurt it right out and just let it be gone. Just blurt it out. Um, because my instincts said no. And then there I am doing the traditional, uh, he, he was Jewish. And so we did a traditional Jewish betrothal ceremony that was very public. We did um, a non-binding like ceremony that was very public and it was a hot mess. Needless to say, this relationship goes south and I'm at home for Christmas three years ago and my dad and I, I walk out to my dad's workshop and I'm feeling very emotional and he gave me the greatest gift of my life and that was he looked at me and he says, you know, you never have to get married. And I was like, what? And he was like, you do not have to get married. And in that moment, I realized that, holy crap, me and my family have completely turned a corner from the, you know, 20 some odd version of myself that was in the backyard of my home, just yelling at my mom on the phone, just, you know, telling her like, you will not dictate my life. if You continue to tell me what I am supposed to do and how I'm supposed to live. Like, this is not going to go well for us. And when my dad said, you know, you don't have to get married, I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm free. I am free. And so I don't know that I've ever like truly broached the subject with my parents about like, hey, it's a conscious choice that I've made not to have kids. I think they just know, oh, well, she's not married and therefore she quote, can't have kids, you know, um, But I have told my mom and I've told my dad too, you know, it's like, if I were to get pregnant, the good news is I've got an education that can never be taken away from me. I've got financial stability that can never be taken away from me. I have income earning potentials higher than the average American because I have a doctorate degree. I have all of these things. I would be okay. I would be okay. And so, you know, my family has never put pressure on me to have kids. And I think part of the reason for that is because 
there is the expectation that I will be married first if that does come into play. Now, I'm sure if I got married, people would be asking me instantly, you know, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And it's frustrating because, you know, I have me and my partner have um, social media followings and it's crazy. Every time I do an ask me anything, the questions flood in. When are you getting married? When are you going to have a baby? You know, when are you going to settle down? Like, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. Never comes up for him. You know, it, even if it's him and I doing it together, people do not define a man's life around children in the same way that they do women's lives. Um, you know, it's, it's like Beyonce's song, Flawless. You can be successful, but not too successful or else you'll threaten the man. We train young girls to value settling down, whatever even the heck that means, because look at how many tumultuous marriages and terrible situations that we have for women. But we teach women that they should put the highest value on marriage and childbirth when really that's not true. I mean, there's a zillion things that women can do to have a extraordinarily fulfilled life without children. And, you know, we've mentioned travel, but for me, I really think it is about empowering women my own age and a little bit younger to know that the answers to their toughest questions are already inside of them. Like, girl, just listen to that intuition. And I've had people on social media tell me, it's astonishing that you don't have children because you parent all of us all the time, um, which I took as a huge compliment. You know, um, whenever I have 11 and 13 year old girls that reach out to me on Instagram, I'm like, by the way, I'm a safe adult. If anything happens to you, you don't have to tell your mom if you don't feel comfortable, but you got to tell somebody. And, you know, even I've been brewing on a social media post for today, but I'm just like, wow, am I really going to come out and parent my audience and let them know that you don't get to complain about everything? I've been inundated with, I'm disappointed. I don't like this. This wasn't what I expected. And I'm like, stop with the more, more, more. Stop it and you will live a better life. And I think that even grown women need to hear these things sometimes. And for whatever reason, I don't think it's me. I think it is, you know, just God and the universe that flows through me. I've been given that voice. I've been given that authority and I've been given the empathy that better translates to um, working with adult adults. And that's just, that's just the way it is. Oh, I hear you. Now, I think it's really cool that you're having that kind of impact in people. And, and regarding the, you know, the questions that you, you know, ask me anything and you're getting all the questions and your partner are getting absolutely none of that shit. It's so normal. Like all the pressure is, is on us women. I think it's because we were born with a year as people expect us to use it. Right. Well, and I think that, I think that there is, I, okay. So I came out on social media maybe two years ago and just said, Hey guys, guess what? I've decided I don't want kids. I've actually known this for years and years and here's my stance. I had 
had no idea that there were like a ton of women who thought that they could shame me into having a kid. And they're like, kids are the greatest thing that'll ever happen. And I'm like, to you, kids were the greatest thing that ever happened. You know, children will change your life. Exactly. And that's why I don't want to have them, you know, Uh, and people are like children, you know, children will force you to grow and expand in ways that you can't imagine. So can exploring other cultures, so can exploring other foods, so can exploring other religions, so can being a great aunt, so can being a great godparent or whatever it is. You can do a lot to raise generations of children, even if they are not your own. Um, For example, a good friend of mine, seven kids, and every year she goes to Africa and works with a young girl, a survivor of sex uh, trafficking, who now runs a um, now runs a garment business. She makes custom garments, aprons, scrunchies, etc. It gives me so much joy to write her a check that I know makes her life easier because she's got seven kids. Children are well known to drain your bank account. And so it makes me thrilled to be able to say, here's money, go and change this child's life. This is my contribution in raising this child and giving her a better life. And now she's grown into a woman. She's learning to be a businesswoman, et cetera. And I feel great about that. But like, I remember I was with them in Africa and they had volunteers for like the tiny little infants and then like the six month old to the one year olds and then like the three year old, the one to three year olds and then the three to seven year olds. And I was like, I'll take the three to seven year olds and people, cause they were just like, who wants to change poopy diapers? And I was like, no, I got nah. <laughs> no. I got no desire, none. So I think that women can make in we can make our own choices that still do good in the universe, even if you decide it's not by rearing my own child. And um, what I learned in that social media post of like, whoa, I didn't know that like non-mom shaming was a thing. Um, What I learned in that post is that the desire to have children is equal to the desire not to have children. And I honestly think gone are the days when spinsters and, oh, you know, you just couldn't get a man, whatever it is. It's like, no, no. I mean, I know plenty of women that are single moms by choice. They went, they they got the, they went to the sperm bank, got the sperm, came home, had the baby. Now they're raising the second. Cool. Like it wasn't by a lack of understanding of my healthcare options that led me to not have children. It was actually just, I'm not, I, I just am choosing not to. Yeah. Now I can, yeah, absolutely. Well, Lindsay, it's been such a pleasure having you here. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but you Aww. are like, you make a great conversation. You're welcome. Thank anytime. you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. But before I let you go, I want to ask you if there's something else you would like to add uh, for my listeners, anything you want to tell them, uh, plug in anything you want. Just realize 
all of the times that you feel like you're alone in your decision, whatever the decision is, trust and have faith that another woman has been through it before. There is nothing that you can go through that another woman has not survived and allow that to mold you and shape you and make you a stronger version of yourself because you have gotten through everything you've ever been tasked with in your past and that will continue to be true for the future. And with those words, thank you again for your time. Uh, I'll leave you guys uh, Lindsay's website and her uh, social media handles in the description of this episode so you can follow her. And we'll thanks again for your time. It was such a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.